welcome everybody to the Obstacle Races New Zealand podcast. Um, this week we interview Hayden Wells. Hayden's uh, done a few Spartan races, uh, went to London for the 2019, I think, or 18 World uh, OCR Championships. That was a very interesting chat. Yeah, we recorded this one a few weeks back, didn't we? And yep. I just saved it till now. Um, I can't recall what we talked about, but yeah, talked a lot about Spartan and racing and other races he's done outside of OCR and talked about the um, Obstacle Sports Association as well. Mm, of which he is the president. Yes. Very passionate about that as well. Yeah, good to hear his thoughts on that. Um, I do remember we he talked about Risky Run, that race. Okay. Yep. Was asking what he yes. to that. And then since we recorded this and releasing it in the time in between, uh, Risky Run put out a, um image on their Facebook uh, with 20, 2022 <laughs> on there. Um, yeah, so Hayden was asking whatever happened to them, and, and now we know they're potentially coming back next year. So that's exciting. Yes, it will be. Uh, sounded like a good race. It sounded very um, well organised and um, had some good participants and for a good cause, raising money for the uh, emergency services. Hmm. So what else What else is new um, since we last spoke? I've been out to uh, Barry Curtis Park and uh, had a walk around it. Um, and I did uh, four, 4.3 kilometres uh, pretty much around the outside of it. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see where and what happens. There is a, a, a lot of potential water obstacles there, but... Um, a lot of them have got uh, do not swim signs and keep away from the ducks. So I'm not sure they will be allowed to use too many of it, but it will be interesting to see what happens. And um, there is a, a lot of land at the uh, western end. Uh, it's all been reclaimed. It's very muddy and mushy, but uh, they are in the process of building uh, some uh, rugby fields and uh, other playing fields there so it'll be yeah it will be interesting okay yeah it's good good to see it firsthand um people listened to last episode we discussed the yeah the new venue for spartan barry curtis park Spartan shifted from ellerslie racecourse to barry curtis um but last episode we talked about talked about it a little bit but we, we weren't so sure about how large the venue was so um we said we'd go away, do our research, come back, talk about it this time, actually know what we're talking about this time. Um, so, yeah, you've gone out to view the site, and and I, I'm based in Wellington, so I couldn't go, but I've done some researching online. Um, so this time we have a lot more yeah, to talk about. And yeah, it will be interesting to see, one, where they put the stop-start or start-finish line, the um, entertainment the area, village, whatever they call it, um, mm-hmm. because... Uh, what we did notice is parking is will be at a premium. There is some regional parks, car parks around, but being a public uh, venue, I don't suppose they can take them over completely. So uh, it will yeah, be interesting yeah. to see what they do with that. Yeah, I was looking at the satellite view on Google Maps, and it looks like that is an issue. It looks like there were two, two or three car parks built into the park, but they're small. Yep. Um, if you're talking to Big Spartan, you're not going to fit cars in there. 
So I wonder if there's going to be an issue with people parking in nearby shops or the residential streets or or if Spartan can somehow open up like a sports field and turn that into parking. Um, well, the mission would destroy the, the yeah, grass. I was just going to say that that will be a problem because like I walked onto those fields and I and I know we have come to the, we're at the end of winter, but Jesus, they were very muddy and um, that would chop them up something chronic with people driving cars across them. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose it is uh, in May, so they've just gone through summer, so they can hope it's dry. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of uh, disgruntled locals if they uh, think they can just park in the streets all around. Yeah, because looking at the venue, it's quite um, – so the park's sort of like – uh, walks around the shopping centre, right? There's yep. supermarkets and takeaways and, I don't know, I presume cafes and bars. And so it's quite accessible to the shops and it's accessible to Auckland City and the airport. And it's a really accessible venue, it looked like, just on Google. But uh, yep. car parking looked like the potential problem. <laughs> car parking will be, and the shops potentially will be. There's some on Chapel Road, which are quite easy to get to. But the big shopping complex where pack and save and um for new world and all those were a bit further away that's all behind a fence so you can't actually get to it from the park you'd have to go out onto the road and walk up the road and come into it it's uh it's all fenced off so yeah it's yeah. not no, it, it, it's still yeah. nearby to use but yeah not walkable distance yeah, so it will certainly be interesting to see the parking i think will be the big issue yes but there's certainly plenty of room there and it is, there is some big open spaces, so um, there'll be plenty of room to, for a sprint and a, a super might be, I suppose I did 5Ks right around the outside, so just two laps would be a super, wouldn't it? So Yes, I saw your data and you went for a, about a 5K walk around the park, so you can fit a 5K in there easily. Yep. yep. And I did my research online about how big it is. So Barry Curtis Park's 94 hectares. And which doesn't mean much to me. So I was trying to visualize how big a hectare is. Um, so I found the information online that a 400 meter running track. So the grass field inside of that is just over one hectare, 1.12 hectares. So if you had like, you know, 90 running tracks, <laughs> is how big this area is. Um, and it's quite large. It's compared to, so I looked up Ellerslie. Ellerslie was 55 hectares. So it's, yeah, a lot bigger than their previous venue. Um, it says online that Barry Curtis Park is larger than the Auckland Domain. I looked up that. That's 75 hectares. Uh, okay. In saying that, though, you can't look like Google Maps. not all runnable. Like you were saying, there's water features and there's car parks that use up some of those hectares. And yeah, on my Strava, that is pretty much – that's all walk. There, We were on a walkway. I was on a walkway, either concrete or gravel footpath for most of that. Hmm. Um, there was just a couple of sections where – uh, where the where the name Barry Curtis Park is, I'm walking across the the football parks there, where the straight lines and all that are, but the rest of it was all on um, walkways, uh, either gravel or or concrete. So yeah, and that was about a five k. So so if yep. you went off onto the grass, you could fit a ten k in there pretty easily, right? Yes, fit super yep. in there. Yeah. Yep. If they can use, there's the potential for the water crossings, but like you were saying, there's are they signposted and well, the fenced and uh, oh, yeah. so whether they get a special dispensation just to use a certain section of it, I don't know. Yeah, because uh, researching online it describes it as uh, having protected natural streams and galleys on site. Um, yeah. 
the word protected being a potential problem. Because that, that, that's a benefit this venue over Ellerslie, is there's potential for water um, obstacles here. Yeah. But uh, whether they can actually use them or not, it's another story. And according to Strava, I did what? Um, how much elevation did I do? About 12 metres? <laughs> 44 metres. Okay. And probably most of that's going under the Augnesson Road underpass. It's a, a bit of a drop down into there. So, hmm. there's nothing too. No, there's definitely no. For a Spartan, we're not talking hills and mountains and no. trails. Yeah. Oh, well. I suppose it would just be good to get it back. Be good to come back to Auckland. Yeah, it looks like largely a, you know, kind of flat. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's got mostly flat, open grass, paved paths sort of running. Um, yep. No, no massive hills, no technical terrain. No, none of that. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so I think, um, well, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's better than better than Ellerslie as a venue? Uh, oh, yes, yep. Uh, running around a race course isn't, wasn't that much fun. That little bit at the end where the, they had a bit bigger hill, which was probably quite, quite good. Um, there's certainly potential here. It'll be just interesting to see how much of the park they can use because it is a public space. So there's going to be the public out there using it as well. Um, so some of those pathways might be a little bit hard to, to use, but there's certainly plenty of plenty of room there. And the football field end, um, or the, the playing field end, I shouldn't say football field, playing field end, certainly has got the potential for, they could put a lot of uh, obstacles in a, in a fairly, in around a uh, festival area there quite easily. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think it looks better. It looks larger. Definitely fit the 10K super in, whereas they couldn't at Ellerslie. Uh, not easily. Yeah, there's potential for water obstacles here, water crossings. Don't know if they can use it, but there's potentially that feature there. Um, but yeah, I think overall, though, I, th I think both aren't very good venues <laughs> for showcasing. Uh, oh, I've never done a Spartan overseas. Um, you have. Yeah, I was just, I'm looking up the, the the one I did at the MCG that was done in Yarra Park outside the MCG. Oh, well, that's 35 hectares. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that was well spread out. They had the the main venue, uh, sorry, the festival area right in the middle. And then we just did like loops, uh, probably four or maybe five loops out from it. So you come back to the hoist, the spear throw, all the big, Big um, ones were right around the festival area, and then the bucket carry and the walls were, uh, and the balance beam were all off down a, a bit of a, um, what do you call it? So, yeah, so if they got a, a sprint into 35 hectares of public park, and there were still people walking around it all the time we were running, so. Okay. Um, there's certainly, and it wouldn't be, it, Yarra Park would be a lot flatter than that was, so. No, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting, interesting time. Hopefully, we have uh, out of all these green and red lights, and we actually know what we're doing by then. Yes, yeah, we'll see. It's up in the air at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, so hopefully Spartan comes back to New Zealand. It'll be awesome. It'll be amazing. Uh, I think these, this venue is missing like, a lot of the big mountains and you know stunning nature that you see from some of the overseas venues. I've yeah. never Spartan overseas, but some of them that you hear about the giant mountains and the technical trails and this sort of stuff that makes Spartan memorable. Um, yeah, but, but overall, like, uh, looks awesome and 
I think the reason is that we nitpick Spartans <laughs> moves in New Zealand so much and we're quite critical of it. Um, but I think I think we do that because we we love Spartan, want to see it return, and we oh, analyze yes. them more than we've analyzed other races. And especially when you see them uh, kicking off in the the west co east coast of Australia at the moment, it's um, a little bit frustrating uh, not being able to get, compete. But oh well, hopefully uh, we can get the rest of this year out of the way and uh, start 2022 afresh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's been no events to talk about that I know of, uh, other than cancellations. <laughs> what was the one you said that's just been cancelled? The mud run. Yeah, Flemington Mud Run. I saw that. Um, so they had, they were going to go to head in November in Hawkes Bay. Um, it's a like a school mud run, um, a fundraiser yep. for the school. And yeah, they've cancelled unfortunately. Um, so they said they'll come back in next year. Oh, well, you've got at least you've still got uh, the Alpha Challenge uh, on your calendar and radar. Um, yeah, so at this point, that's still going ahead. I had uh, mm -hmm. comms with uh, Kim during the week, uh, organising to send down some stuff from the NZOSA, and she said that they've got 250 people signed up, sealed, from that can make it, even if nothing changes. So it will be going ahead unless they get plummeted into level three. Hmm. So, cause you can fly there now, can you? Yes. All so right. I'll be down, yeah. I'm being been trained for that. Well, I should be trained for that. <laughs> I've been been exercising and training, not not necessarily tailoring my training for Alpha Challenge, but um, yeah, over the next few weeks I'll be preparing. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, shall we cut out of this and cut over to Hayden and have a listen to what he's got to say on uh, the whole world. Yeah, let's go have a listen. I, I think first thing though, um, excellent job bringing this, uh, this podcast together. I think if it's, um, you know, if it helps bring the community of obstacle sports and, you know, OCR is a big part of that. Um, if it brings people together and creates those connections, uh, that's that's awesome. It's awesome for the sports, awesome for uh, for New Zealand. So so great work so thus far on that, and all the best for the next series of interviews and things. But I, I guess a little bit background about myself. Um, I originally, well, schooling wise, uh, spent time in Taranaki uh, with the the, the mighty Munga in Taranaki, one of the well second largest hill in, in the North Island. And, uh, and grew up there, I guess, schooling life. Uh, before then, um, was uh, my uh, father was in the military, so um, spent a lot of time uh, bouncing between military camps uh, across New Zealand and Singapore uh, before we kind of ended up back in Taranaki, which was my parents' home, hometown. Uh, and grew up there um, uh, quite active and involved in, in lots of different kind of sporting environments um, through secondary school and and uh, uh, mountaineering and um, the uh, uh, Alpine Club that uh, was a part of it was run by an ex-Vietnam vet at the time uh, that was uh, some fascinating times up what was a reasonably uh, challenging I guess backdrop of, of landscape being the Mount Taranaki um, and uh, and was quite involved in lots of different sports not really trying to 
um, land on anything in particular, but just really enjoying myself. Um, uh, had my first bike ride when I was uh, a decent event of a bike ride when I was, I think, 12. We did a, my father and I did a, um, a 25 kilometer charity ride together and uh, that was something that kind of etched in my mind and, and, and I grew a bit of a passion for the bike um, and uh, had been I guess involved in a bit of running because of the I played a lot of football and and uh, and other I guess um, other sports a bit of rugby a bit of touch and, and those sorts of things and so kind of just bounced around different different areas of sport um, for a while until um, I sort of realised that cycling wasn't the game. It was, uh, it was the cycling community, whether it was just a group that I was with or not. Um, I guess spent a lot of time talking about bikes and less about pedalling, and uh, and I, <coughs> I realised that perhaps it wasn't the, the group for me. But still liked getting out out on the bike and that. And um, was introduced to triathlon, triathlon and duathlon. And uh, I think what was really interesting with with that was. Uh, it was a, a sport and a community that was really encouraging. It was a, a collective of people that all had their weakness, you know, whether it be swimming, biking, or running, um, and were fascinating to talk to during or or after the event. Kind of not so much in that competitive way, but really, really, I guess, exploring the things that they were really, I guess, proud of as part of their race effort. Um, the challenges that they were against in that race effort, and um, and you know even the, the the scenery or landscapes that we might be racing across, and I think that was a really defining moment for me because it was a group that I really enjoyed, you know, training with and and uh, and competing with, and and stuck with that for for quite a while, um, while trying to continue to to play uh, rep football. Um, for Taranaki, which was not a great idea, trying to do two two sports in a competitive way, um, but did uh, yeah did did reasonable at, at especially duathlon. Um, I was under observation for the the ninety three world champs for uh, age group triathlon at I think it was about seventeen at that that stage, um, and unfortunately got pretty badly injured in a bike crash that uh, that sent that I guess the progress in that sport um, a little bit sideways um, but uh, got to watch I guess some of my friends in that that, that progressed and, and the guys that I raced with that, that got to go across to both the duathlon world champs and then subsequently the the triathlon world championships and things and, and kind of stayed in touch with with that kind of community um, and I think as the kind of years then ticked by um, took time to just do a bit more of a, I guess those exploratory type sports and snowboarding and climbing um, and uh, and just using I guess the, the opportunity of that that physicalness to to try uh, uh, travel and 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 explore new parks spend a bit of time in America um, uh, climbing the Grand Canyon and Yosemite Park and and these uh, kind of real wonderful areas that you need to be reasonably able-bodied to get yourself around um, and fast forward that um, was introduced to uh, I guess the obstacle sport world and that was a, a community which all of a sudden reminded me of triathlon and the day and the reasons why I picked picked uh, picked up on triathlon where 
when you're you're competing with different people in the obstacle sports space, they, everyone's got their their weaks, weaknesses and their strengths and their and their fears as well, which is really interesting. And there's an interest in just trying to do better rather than to try and get one up on on the person standing next to you. Um, so uh, yeah, just really being kind of exploring that from a from a, a physical, uh, uh, I guess you could say athletic point of view, just um, seeing how far, I guess, what, what improvements you can make in, in my own um, progress in the sport, but then what encouragement and help, I guess, others that are my age uh, that may otherwise want to sit on the couch um, gets, can get them up in the weekend. And, uh, and that's been a, um, an interesting journey as well. My um my working life is um is an interesting one. I've really been involved in the IT space for the last twenty years, and um and that's from a a background of change management and uh, kind of it's where I studied in at, at Massey uh, change and strategic management. And over the years, I guess a lot of the change has been centered around um, technology and what technology can bring to uh, to a business to improve it, and uh, so I guess my working life has has been highly um, centered on improvements and changing and, and and those sorts of things as well. So I could say it's probably a an underlying interest, <laughs> both work and uh, and sport wise. Yeah. Okay. Sounds real interesting. Sounds like you've been around a bit too. Um, a few places, yeah, yeah. I've been lucky enough to to travel when travel was permitted, um, mm. and uh, and uh, both, um, I guess, exploring different places and cultures and things like that, which obviously really, really recommend uh, the youth in New Zealand when they get that opportunity to to really seize that really defining moments. I think in someone's life, um, spend a good period of time around America. Um, traveling in a van the good old Kiwi way with a couple of other Kiwi guys um, all the southern states and and stopping off anywhere we could we could uh, run or hike and um, so we've already been been quite fortunate about that and I guess most recently uh, in recent years um, the opportunity to do a few races and things overseas as well has fallen my way. Uh, so what rod races have you done overseas? Um, the main uh, recent races uh, would be um, in 2019, and uh, I guess from the from the OCR side of things, I I kind of had a little bit of a well from a sporting point of view, I had a little bit of unfinished business with um, the uh, loss of opportunity, I guess, for going to race in the duathlon um, national stage and or triathlon national stage. And so I kind of committed to myself that I'd I'd give something a crack, and uh, and I was really enjoying the obstacle sports space. So I looked into Spartan and and where um uh, where uh, that had become an emerging brand that wasn't in New Zealand at the, until actually later on that year, and decided just to work towards racing in Sydney at the Australian um, Championship final to see. Uh, if I could, I guess, have a goal at that uh, and use that as a stepping stone to try and improve to a point where maybe I could go to uh, regional 
or world competition for Spartan or the Adventure World Champs, maybe in 2020. And I was lucky enough that the course over in um, in Sydney was a reasonably steep and, and demanding course, which suited suited my, I guess, um, race style. And, and uh, I managed to get away with a third uh, for age group. And I uh, was a bit of a surprise, but I was obviously pleased that the work had kind of paid off. And I kind of questioned um, with the qualification option to go to the Adventure World Champs whether I should leave it and keep preparing and angle for 2020 or um, throw it all in and, and just try and go, you know, give it a crack. And um, uh, very glad I did uh, because obviously 2020, uh, the world shut down and those opportunities were taken away again. And I was really um, grateful to some friends that, that said, hey, look, you never know what's going to happen around the corner. You might get hit by a bus or get terribly injured and and uh, and so just take an opportunity when it comes so so I was a I was really uh, really fortunate a lot of supportive people around um, to both you know look after the family my wife and I traveled across to, to London for that and um, and kind of take care of things uh, on the home front while uh, while we both got away um, I could go through that experience which was which was fantastic and um, uh, and also then you have a bit of a break afterwards, which was also seemingly well overdue at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realise you'd, you'd done, uh, was that the Spartan National Championships, the Australian in Sydney you were talking about? Uh, it was the end of the National Championship circuit. Um, okay. So it was, uh, yeah, the series, series end. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't realise you'd done that. Hmm. Yeah. Sort of. What about um, OCR goals? I guess your athletic goals as well. And and where would you like to see OCR go in New Zealand? Yeah. Look, it's um, the athletic goals is interesting. Um, that's I've always, I've got an interest to continue some some age group competitions, um, and uh, really just I guess on that on the personal front of of trying to expose those those kind of weaknesses and as a project trying to work on those to to just as a self-improvement opportunity but um also to to try and introduce others into into the sport as well and and you know there's a lot of uh friends that over the years have slowly been introduced and and have done done well and and um uh have really enjoyed it and have you know have, have mentioned uh how much um better headspace and that those sorts of things they have they have been uh, been in as well from the experience and um uh and yeah a few people i guess commented too on the trip uh, that i did over to um to the uk in that same sort of vein so that's really kind of motivated me to really look at where i could help or contribute um with uh with ocr in new zealand and and there is um of course the adventure racing uh, interest that, that I have as well, um, and and ninja is, is also of interest uh, with that short, sharp, athletic um, movements. So it'll be great to kind of to build on um, on the community that's there, or I guess better connect the community that's there, because there is definitely pockets of of um, of people that are are really passionate about um, these sports. Uh, and as we bring and connect them together, I think it's um, a real opportunity to to develop a better presence 
um, in New Zealand. And I think, you know, there's, there's some real untapped um, potential, athletic potential uh, in New Zealand. We have uh, quite dominant um, team sports uh, and what is, you know, high contact, high athletic um, domains. You know, you, you've got, um, it's great watching the, the UK Kiwi netball teams uh, recently and, and of course the All Blacks uh, is, a, is a significant brand across the world. Uh, and, then, and there's certainly a collection of, of youth, I think, that, um, that are perhaps not completely engaged with maybe those team sports are trying to find where they best fit. And, uh, and I think obstacle sports, even if it's not um, where they end up, uh, could definitely be part of that that journey as to as to exploring different ways of um, of testing their athleticism. So I think I think that's a, that's a key thing. There's um, the opportunity, I guess, with New Zealand being a bit smaller to bring adventure racing and OCR and Ninja together. I think just further kind of creates that um, uh, opportunity for people to shift between those disciplines as well. Um, perhaps OCR is a really great fit for someone uh, in their in their 20s and 30s and as their um, as endurance, I guess, is cemented through to the age and sport, um, adventure racing is an interesting way to uh, explore New Zealand's landscapes. So um, I think there's, you know, there's certainly situations where some people might land in one part of the the obstacle sport discipline set, but but end up shifting into into others. So yeah, yeah. So you're talking a lot about this idea of um, obstacle sports, which are yeah something we've got to talk about in this podcast, and the idea of OCR and adventure racing and ninja <clears throat> coming under this umbrella category of obstacle sports each being a um, like discipline of a wider obstacle sport. And that's something that the New Zealand um, Obstacle Sports Association is pushing. Um, I've got to ask you about that in a minute. Uh, but um, before that, yeah, if you, because you do adventure racing as well, right? You have some experience entering some of those sort of races? Uh, I'd say my adventure racing um, and is, is reasonably uh, limited. We've done a lot of a lot in the past uh, orienteering and, and mountain um, sports, but um, adventure racing has been something that I've, a lot of friends have been on my case at, at, at getting into. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of uh, you know if you you look at triathlon where you you're running and biking, um, there's a real good interlude to to uh, the adventure racing space, and and it's. Um, much more enjoyable, I think, being out in the in the trails and forests and, and mountains. Um, I have done as part of that, though, you know, a lot of uh, I guess you say road gaining that this preparation for that that type of sport. Um, but it'll be good to you know that's um, that that's an area that um, that I've got I've got I guess some goals around uh, in the coming years to to get a little bit more connected into that adventure racing circuit. Yeah. I know I've done, I've done a few races with you around the place. Um, your family's very into it. Um, what or how can can you give our listeners some idea of what the the, the kids uh, events are around New Zealand, or is that something that's growing or um, yeah. on that? Because I know your two love it, and uh, they're always at events that we're at. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. There's um, 
So my, I've got two girls, um, uh, um, one's 11, one's uh, nine, nine on Saturday actually, she keeps reminding me. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there's one thing I guess that a friend of mine said um, some time ago, and, uh, and, uh, and it stuck with me, and that's, um, you know, kids, they really develop um, their, their love, passion and understanding from, not from what you say, but what you do. And so we've been, my wife and I, try, you know, quite conscious about uh, not trying to, to push any sports so much, uh, any sports specifically so much, but to introduce them where possible to uh, these different, you know, um, events. Trail running, um, uh, Spartan was a was a great one over in Australia. Both of them were really keen for um, to get involved in the kids race there. Uh, and recently, my my oldest uh, daughter, who's you know, he's eleven, was uh, was involved in the the Rogaine uh, mixed adults team that we uh, that we uh, competed in um, recently. And um, so they're kind of at this kind of cusp age <coughs> where um, the well, my oldest is able to to consider uh, adult level events, um, uh, but my youngest is is probably more interested in. Uh, the um, the ninja style events and and before lockdown she um, she frequented the parkour gym um, most weekends uh, here in Auckland and and um, when she wasn't there would be at the climbing gym uh, so she's uh, she's probably sort of sitting on the the more agile and she probably only weighs as much as a dime. Uh, but she's uh, quite keen on those uh, kind of dynamic and and um, my wife describes them as high risk movements. <laughs> uh, whereas my uh, my older daughter, she's very keen on the more of the endurance and the longer the longer grinds. Um, and so finding events in that, we've been quite fortunate that you know, OCR is really kid friendly, um, having specific segments. Um, four kids and both, you know, Sparta and Ultimate Athlete have got those kind of divisions there. Um, some, I guess, more applicable to different age groups than others is uh, a is a great entry point. And if you think about it, I, I mean, they play on jungle gyms most of their lunchtime, so so these are, you know, they're probably better equi equipped than us adults. Um, yeah. What about events coming up next that you're? training for or planning to do yourself and your kids is there anything on the calendar or it's a bit hard under COVID at the moment to really plan for something it's uh it's certainly tricky when the the dates on events keep changing and and um Auckland Marathon was a uh, was an event that um the uh I did last last year was on with my youngest daughter uh just the 5k um so she was eight at the time, uh, and uh, and those were that was an event that we were looking towards. But um, certainly, uh, I've been quite interested in um, Spartan. They were they were keen for that. Um, so when when we see that back in New Zealand, when we see that back in in I think um, next year now, um, they've both been both been keen for that. Training wise, um, for me, it's really. Um, been looking at the uh, Maricopa Munta, um, which is an adventure race. It's in the King Country. I uh, have some friends that are quite keen to to be involved in that. Uh, so there's an there's an option there to to look to race for that. But the main main commitment I've got at the moment would be the 
um, uh, the goat, uh, which is the uh, thousand meter vertical climb around um, Mount Ruapehu, uh, which we did, which we did earlier in the year, which was a, a great event. Um, and then uh, Ultimate Athlete next year too, which you know for a first first time event, they did uh, a pretty pretty slick job. Um, uh, Getting through what you know, many event organisers would have uh, challenges with, with um, with uh, teething and, and those sorts of things. Um, but you know, there's uh, there's nothing otherwise definitive on the on the horizon apart from a, at least a couple of mountain climbs up Mount Taranaki sometime in the summer, which is an annual thing. Yeah, well, speaking of ultimate, so are athlete, you thinking of the ultimate athlete uh, this year or or not? Yeah, look, I'll definitely, um, definitely be in for this year in Oriol since it's so close, uh, but also next year as well. I think it was a great, a great trip to to Tauranga to a bit of a breakaway with the family and and throwing in a bit of exercise at the same time was really good. But yeah, Oriol looks good. I think maybe the um, the short course, which I think I'm a bit more suited to, might be a bit of a focus this time round. Um, and just try and I guess work on work on that. You know the the more obstacle dense short course events. Mm. Yeah, good thing about Ultimate Athlete um, having their first event was yeah it was, was awesome, awesome for a first event, really large scale and quite well organised. Um, but you you were there and and we were there with a New Zealand Obstacle Sports booth in their little festival area had a tent set up and promoting NZOSA. Um, so did you want to talk about what that is and you know what the goal of that is and what your involvement is? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, the New Zealand <coughs> Obstacle Sports Association or the, the OSA, um, as we call it, uh, we were um, gifted a, uh, a marquee in place at Ultimate Athlete as uh, as uh, I guess as part of the, the collaboration and commitment to trying to build obstacle sports in New Zealand and uh, we um, we had a great booth there to really just highlight uh, to others that uh, while there's that um, the event that was happening on the day there was more events that can fill the calendar and uh, people could uh, look to work towards um, in their training or, or interested in, in in um, OCR, um, we had a little uh, um, competition there, a, a dead hand competition. Um, uh, obviously, grips an important skill in obstacle course racing, and and uh, dead hang is a is a good demonstration of that. So we had a a, a good um, good little turnout with with people trying their luck at that, and some some sponsors at um, with G Shop, which really assisted with giving away some prizes there, and. and I think that's something that all event organisers have indicated to us that they're quite happy to uh, to help and collaborate with um, by having a, a stand uh, or, or I guess you could say a presence at uh, at these events to try and I guess galvanise um, athletes and participants to a uh, you know a, a collection of events across New Zealand rather than just a um, kind of a flash in the pan that uh, can come about when you have um, one event you're training for and that event then finishes and, and you're kind of asking yourself what next. Um, so it was, a, it was a great first step for the, um, the association to, 
to um, trial a few things out. Um, and some good response to to the officiating support that that was there. That that I know you're heavily involved in Max and and um, and some really good feedback from uh, from people who who weren't really aware of uh, of obstacle sports and and I guess the the fact that it's you know, one of the fastest growing sports. Actually, it's um, I think uh, was defined recently as um, the fastest growing sport ever in the world. Uh, so, um, so to make those connections, and I guess next next event, we're hoping for even even greater success to kind of build up that that database of people that are interested, so we can connect with them and and let them know about um, future events and and um, uh, share with them, I guess, news and and insights around both training and and um, and solutions for equipment, perhaps, and and uh, and other resources that can help on that on that journey. So. Some big plans in the uh, in the pipeline, as uh, as I'm sure you both understand, and and I guess as the time goes by, perhaps we can do a, a separate uh, separate discussion as as these initiatives are released. Yeah, yeah, I, we would both like to get yourself and maybe Liam or Jason or a couple of the other executive members on and and go through where you see um, the OSA in in New Zealand and. And where you see obstacle sports going from from a uh, from a, th their point of view. Yeah. Podcast. What other podcasts do you listen to while you're out running around or riding around the city? What inspires Ooh. you? It inspires me. That's uh, that's an interesting one. Um, I I listen to all sorts of podcasts, um, but yeah, not. I mean, I. I listen to a bit of Joe Rogan. I think that's a that, that's an interesting one to throw in there. Um, obviously, a bit of interest in and in science and engineering and technology. And uh, and Joe Rogan has a few interesting characters on to to listen to on, from that point of view. Um, they're perhaps a little bit uh, a little. It's a good way, I guess, of uh, uh, taking taking a bit of distraction away from. Um, from from the running or cycling at the time, <laughs> sort of testing some the mental uh, uh, mental thinking um, while you're you know while you're torturing yourself on the out in a training session and that sort of thing. Uh, but otherwise, I probably listen to music, um, different music for different types of uh, training sessions. Surprisingly, um, uh, but that would be probably my main go-to. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can add this one to your list now, and uh, we can bore you while you're out doing your running and riding. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another question that you may or may not be able to help us with is one of the, the things that we've discussed a couple of times now with other interviewers, interviewees, mm. is there used to be a lot of small uh, mum and dad type uh, OCR adventure type races around New Zealand uh, that seem to have dried up. So one, did you compete in any of those, like the Munter and stuff like that? Have you got any insight to, as to why they may have have gone away? It's a, that's an interesting one. And yes, um, have uh, have been involved in, I guess, several uh, different events that were perhaps um, yeah, perhaps described as the the mum dad shop, although some of them perhaps got got a lot bigger in time. But they, I guess you'd call them the kind of the annual event. Um, 
one um, one interesting one. One of the one of my fondest uh, memories actually is a, an event called the Rescue Run. Um, not sure if either of you have heard uh, heard of that, but um, they've it only happened uh, I think for two years. Um, and there was a gap in between, uh, but it was a um, it was a interesting, I guess, uh, adaptation of obstacle sports where you had a team of six of you and you needed to carry a stretcher uh, for, I think it was about the distance of about a half marathon in total. And it was um, through some pretty gnarly terrain and it was set up with, um, uh, it was set up with different stations and, and, and parts of that course were managed by some of the emergency services. So there was, um, you know, there's like the the helicopter, Auckland Helicopter Rescue uh, team there, um, civil defence, surf lifesaving, uh, search and rescue, um, and uh, I think the fire service as well. And you know, it was a great, great event because it was uh, centred around raising raising money for um, for all of these uh, emergency services. And I think in total they raised about three hundred thousand on in the uh, the last event um, that I partook there. But I do remember being at the um, do remember being at the the closing uh, closing ceremony, which they held at Eden Park to kind of thank everyone and and uh, have a few drinks and 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 I guess close off the the total money and and donations raised and um, and I think the the event organizer was Mark Cathro from memory and, and he got up and and said how how demanding and tough it was to actually put on an event like that. Uh, and how, in essence, he was working 16-hour days in the last kind of month to two months. And this was a big event, I knew. But you know, small teams, lots of lots of pressure and a lot of um, a lot of demands to try and pull that together. And that it was both very challenging, both personally from a, uh, a financial pressure, I guess, to make it all happen, um, and uh, you know, mentally and and emotionally. Um, with uh, with all the other things that kind of pop up over that time, so I think one of the aspects is that it's people underestimate what it what it put, what it takes to put on an event, uh, and that's where you know having sponsors and and things to contribute financially to help with some of those operating um, activities is, is is probably really important and and maybe a, a recipe that ultimate athlete were able to um, you know uh, work to. Um, and um, you know a lot kind of centers on that on that person's uh, individual or you know let's say partnership to try and um, get it across the line. You know it's uh, and if uh, if you if it's so exhausting, there's only so many times you can kind of really put your hat in the fire to uh, to um, to make it happen. And and uh, so I do think there is that pressure that that makes the those sorts of events. Um, at risk, which is a shame, um, but there are some opportunities I think there too, and and I think that's something that maybe the OSA is able to help with and can contribute to um, over time if it's right and if it does work for the event organisers, where some of those operating uh, costs, or overheads, or activities, we might be able to help with um, consolidating some of those or coming up with uh, ways of reducing the, the cost or um, uh, getting wider access to volunteers, um, these sorts of things, so things that that are going to support um, those 
those those types of event organisers that perhaps in the past um, were not there. And uh, and really, it's about pulling the community together, uh, having athletes kind of understand that supporting these events, these grassroots roots events, uh, is important for um, you know for the sustainability of of both the operator and also events you know nationally. Um, so I think those are those are probably the key things that um, to come come to mind. Yeah. No, I do have heard you talk about the uh, rescue run before. Um, and you're right, there is, it, it was, the the potential of it would have been good if uh, it could have carried on. Yeah, it was a fantastic event. It was, uh, you know, well executed and probably in a high risk kind of environment. But uh, luckily you have the, uh, uh, all the, the rescue teams around you, don't you? So, um, so that all was, the right uh, people there at the right the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm. Uh, Max, what do you got? Um, <laughs> I think I was right. talking about a lot interesting. Um, I'll throw out, our, we got a couple of questions we're going to ask everyone as we go through, Hayden. So, um, right. so the first one, if you could have a coffee with any person anywhere in the world, who would it be? They can be dead or alive. Who would you, who would it be and what would you talk to them about? Dead or alive. That is... That's interesting. I think um, this will be a maybe a contentious one. I'm not sure, but um, would be would be present. I, I kind of like the uh, the premise of looking forward rather than back, and and um, probably be uh, someone like um, maybe Elon Musk. Actually, uh, fascinating fascinating character. He's a a guy that. Um, not only is uh, solving some super hard problems, but is solving, um, well, he's solving a, a bunch of super hard problems, which kind of makes it mega hard. So um, fascinating person to try and understand what makes that mind tick and and, uh, uh, and, and gets him up out of bed in the, in the morning. Yeah. There's probably some more that uh, <laughs> might be better. This one, that, that's probably one of a, one that's a bit techy, right? From a, from a, a techo nerd like me, but um, yeah, it's uh, someone that's solving some pretty difficult problems is is an interesting person to speak to. Hmm. No, I agree. He would be very interesting. He's, he's he's got his foot everywhere, his fingers in every sort of pie. I mean, digging tunnels, sending space um, satellites up, building electric cars, and then he throws in a building a flamethrower. It's just like, <laughs> where does it all that come from? Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the twelve-year-old Hayden at school. What sort of occupation were you looking at, and did you get there, or did you change? Twelve-year-old. Um, very interesting. I twelve-year-old. I would say I w hadn't made my mind up. Uh, I'd say, however, in a few years uh, past that, I was starting to think of. Um, becoming some sort of sports person. Um, and that was in that kind of triathlon kind of phase. Uh, and then after getting injured and realizing that uh, that, that can be a, a quite a fickle um, uh, space to be, I had to quickly rush to go to, to, to find out what to do next. And, uh, and move, <laughs> I, I, I got enough um, 
uh, I guess you could say enough uh, pass marks to get me into university to then work out what I wanted to do next. And uh, so it was a turning point that was for the best, I think, um, because I wouldn't be where I am at the moment uh, without those sorts of challenging times that happened at, 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 that, at that point in, in my youth. Obviously not so great at the time, but that's um, there's always something, a benefit that can come from these things. Okay, and this this is one I meant to ask you earlier. I've just realised I missed it. In this current time and environment we're at, what's motivating you to keep training, to getting out there in the rain and cold when you know that you're locked at home and most of the events that you're playing training for have been getting cancelled or probably will get cancelled um, <laughs> in this bit of uncertainty? So how how you keep yourself motivated to to, to getting out there and doing it? And, or has it slackened off? Are you not doing as much as you would have been at this time last? Well, this time last year, you were in the same boat. So this yeah. time the year before. Oh, look, I've, uh, I would say they're definitely doing much less, but it's not necessarily through a lack of motivation. I think the the challenge has been the the working landscape and and um, and certainly the busyness that I have as a working role. Uh, just changed quite dramatically over this period of time. So it's been balancing, um, like a lot of people out there, balancing all the uh, disruption uh, in terms of getting the time to train. But um, but from a motivation point of view, your races, I think, are, are a great way of kind of pinning your, uh, your efforts against. And I have in the past liked to have, you know, had have something to work against um but that's not necessarily to be motivated but more to be focused in that training uh i have don't find it terribly difficult to get up um early in the morning and and go uh you know do some sort of exercise of some description um but often it will previously it's probably been very uh, short-term focus or short-view focus which was well what is the thing that i've probably haven't done very much of recently and how can i improve that um, so recently it's been, well, I haven't been riding many hills recently on my bike, so I'll go out and s smash a few hills and uh, and get that, that that vertical counter up. Um, doesn't necessarily lead you to, to good uh, uh, competitive condition by any means, um, but uh, having an event kind of allows you to, to be a bit more focused and say, well, actually, I can I can work towards something that has a bit more of a long term long term benefit. Um, but I guess the other thing too is um, the kids are a good motivator. Um, uh, you know, the exercise has a has a greater effect on the mind. Um, so uh, every time I see the kids are in a bad space, they often need to start doing some burpees, or <laughs> go for a run, <laughs> or challenge you on the on the gym, the jungle gym. So uh, yeah. It's, uh, I believe you have got quite a good um, obstacle course built down the side of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's work in progress. Uh, we get the kids uh, kind of assisting with uh, with how that takes shape, and uh, and yeah, so far it's um, it's been quite good. Little a climbing area on the wall, and jungle gyms, of course, and and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, is there anything yeah. that you um, want to talk about? Like anything, any question that you wish we would have asked you about? Uh, no, I don't. Well, in terms of me directly, I don't. I don't think so. I think there's, um, as I mentioned before, it's, uh, this is a great um, 
opportunity to bring New Zealand together with uh, in that obstacle sports community. So just really, uh, yeah, quite uh, uh, <clears throat> privileged to be involved and, and thanks for the invitation. Um, uh, it'll be great, I think, in the in the future, as you commented before, that uh, as there's uh, new initiatives that the Obstacle Sports Association is looking to release, that an opportunity to 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 perhaps discuss that and 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 be challenged on 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 how it might work in in the community, get that feedback and and discussion going. That'll be really great. Um, and uh, but look forward to I guess listening to. Um, to the debate on how things are unfolding in the New Zealand, I guess, obstacle sports arena. Mm. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back on the podcast to talk about future projects. And I think now's a good time to build the community, like you were saying, uh, like you were saying earlier, actually, there's little pockets of communities, I think, around New Zealand of, you know, the, the different OCR crowds and adventure racing crowds. And I, I think a lot of them aren't, so aware that it is a well especially in OCR a lot of people aren't so aware that it is a wider activity like a local event will get you know hundreds of participants but then there's not too much carryover between them traveling to other events um so hopefully now during COVID time when all the events are getting screwed and postponed and hopefully now's a good time to be doing something like a podcast and something like the OSA and trying to get these community initiatives happening um while the events aren't necessarily in place for people to have that outlet yeah for sure definitely agree with that hmm. all right we'll put your um online stuff where people can contact you in our notes but uh, do you just want to tell everyone where they can contact you or if they can contact you or sure, do you want guess... people to contact you <laughs> well no, i think um yeah definitely hit me up on uh, on strava always interested as to exploring new places new routes and and things like that so yeah just look up hayden wells on strava um and instagram uh, my handle there is uh timberwolf triple one so uh that's that's uh probably two two avenues um yeah but All right. uh, thank you very much yeah well awesome hayden thank you for coming on and yeah, look forward to catching up with you again on podcasts in the future. Thanks a lot, Hayden. Great, no worries. Thanks, guys. Keep it up. Bye.